All right, here we go, people. Welcome back to the Haining with Monster podcast. And today we're doing episode 14. I sit down and talk with drummer Mickey Malinare from the bands such as Till Morning and Blood People. Today we talked about his start in drumming, what he did for training for it, all the shows that he's done in the past, and where he's going in the future with these bands. So without further delay, let's get into it and crank those jams. Okay, Mickey, thanks for coming in today, buddy. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. Oh, let's get it started. Um, you play drums, so what, what bands uh, you play in? Currently, Currently. Uh, I play with Blood People Okay. and Till Morning. <laughs> two, different, <laughs> two different styles of music. Yes, opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum. <laughs> I like to uh, say Till Morning's like going back to my pop roots uh-huh. uh, from, you know, Early two thousands. Okay. Uh, and blood people's the the heavier. Definitely. So I, I you know <laughs> scratch both sides with that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, how long have you been uh, playing in each of them? Uh, been playing with blood people. I think we're in our fifth year. Okay. I don't, time is. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't You're reveling anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what day it is. But yeah, we started that band. Um, yeah, I think five just about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been with Till Morning since the beginning of the year. Okay. How, how do you like them? <laughs> I love them. I, I, they're great. It was one of those things like, hey, w- things aren't kind of working with our drummer. Yeah. And w- would you kind of? <laughs> yeah. Would, how, would, would, would you want to? <laughs> would, you, would you ever think about, or at least helping until yeah. we can find somebody uh-huh. type of thing? Because I, I had known them, like, I had heard them, obviously, being in the scene and mm-hmm. <clears throat> with, you know, listening to Demo 312. And yeah. uh, I remember it was like, I heard their song Never Going Old, and I was like, I want to see these guys live. And it was right at the time we were doing the Alistair anniversary show at Cobra Lounge. And Kyle from Alistair was like, hey, I want to, he's like, you know bands, get, we need another band for this show. And I was like, right away, they were Parker at the time. So I was like, Parker, because uh-huh. I want to see them live. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and that was like the first time we actually like, Met, met, okay, and, and hung out, and then since then, they'd always kind of like ask me advice on things and how to go about this and that. So then it was, they, you know, they started bringing up eventually the end of last year around this time last year, you know, start talking about like, well, we just did, you know, we just did this song and we had Matt Walker from, he was in the Smashing Pumpkins and oh, garbage and okay. all these bands. He's like, we had him play drums on it. Things aren't kind of working out like different styles of the drummer and what do you think we should do? And I was like, well, <laughs> I know what I would want you to do. I was like, do, well, but... yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's being in a band is difficult a lot because it's also a business, but it's also like the most intimate kind of relationships you're going to have. Uh-huh. Uh, so it gets tricky. Yeah. Especially when it's like 
friends that you've been friends with for 10, 15, 20 years. Right, right. You don't want to ruin the But then the if friendship. it's not working out, yeah. it's, right. it's like really personal. Uh-huh. It's like the biggest fuck you. Yeah, right. So it's just like, you, you know, I just gave him the advice like I do with people who are in terrible relationships. Like, yeah. if you're not happy, fucking rip the bandaid off. <laughs> like, just, <Yeah>. just <laughs> make the choice. Like, it's not working out. And if that's what's holding you back, mm-hmm. make the steps to push you forward. Yeah. Because you're going to regret it. Right. So right. it's just, just do it. And <laughs> then he's like, you know, I get the, we had the conversation. So uh-huh. you want to come out? And I was like, well, before we do anything and make any rash decisions, like, so anything I should come out and play <laughs> yeah. and see how it goes? <laughs> yeah, right. You don't even know yet. <laughs> but it, it, it all worked out. Uh, do you have to, being <clears throat> in two different bands, do you have to adapt your style between the uh, the two uh, much or is it just like take me as i am this is well i mean i i feel like i've kind of developed since i've been playing almost 30 years um developed my own kind of feel and style to playing mm-hmm. but at the same time it's two different kind of styles of music right right like on opposite sides of the genre so i do have to approach them differently right like with with Till Morning's approach, it's very simplistic. Hold back, mm-hmm. less is more, drive, mm-hmm. you know, just keep that, that beat pumping. We always call it the Till Morning beat, just the four to the floor. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's when in doubt, just four to the floor. Um, I mean, like even in studio, we, we were doing new songs out in, at the Sonic Ranch out in El Paso with mm-hmm. Sean O'Keefe and, you know, doing it and like doing some little fills in between and yeah. shit's like, ah, it doesn't sound right. Do less. Do less. <laughs> yeah. Do less. And that's just like as simple as you can get. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then like Blood People's kind of the opposite where Jeff, who like writes all the guitar parts and stuff like that, he comes up with these really odd time signatures okay. and riffs and turnarounds or in spots where it's like not natural to kind of hear that. So yeah. I, have, I have to approach that as like taking this riff in seven, uh-huh. but making it feel like four okay. so that you can like bang your head and yeah. not have to like stop and like where'd the beat go yeah, type of yeah. thing. <laughs> so it's, it's a, as like a musician, it's like cool to come up with weird, intricate, different yeah. kind of parts and odd times. Yeah. But then also it's like, as a drummer, it's kind of fun to just sit and slam. So I get <laughs> yeah. both that are. Okay. Yeah. You get both, uh, both worlds. Yeah. And I don't got to worry about it's like, I don't have to get worry about getting too heavy with one and like towing the lights, like both of my needs of yeah. wanting to play like pop straightforward, just like good songs yeah. and then kind of the fun, trickier stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't have to like mix them now. It's okay. kind of like I can keep it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good for you. <laughs> yeah. I could sleep at night a little bit better not being like, was that drum part cool enough? It's yeah. like, no, cause I don't have to, you know. Have you did uh, any uh, recordings lately with uh, either of the bands <clears throat> or? Um, we kind of, towards the beginning of the pandemic, Till Morning recorded a song, like, right before all the bands came in. Okay. And the stay-at-home order, stay-at-home orders. We did a song with Sean, and we did it over at, uh, Shirk. Uh-huh. At Shirk Studios. And, like, American Football just did their last record there and stuff. And mm. it's, an, it's an awesome studio. We went and recorded a song. It was great, and it was like, yeah, cool, now we're, like, getting into new material, and then <laughs> pandemic starts. Pandemic, yeah. And then it was kind of... Like, nothing for a while. It's like, well, should we even practice or get together or hang out? Or yeah. And then uh, Blood People got a chance to do, like, a cover song. And we had another song as well. And we're like, well, let's just go to our buddy's place down in Peoria and knock these out. 
because it was like a licensing cover oh, thing. Okay. Like, hey, if you yeah. do this, we can license it. Yeah. So we went out and did like a, I think, flagpole setter from Harvey Danger. Okay. In our kind of style. And yeah. then we did like another new song uh, that will be released at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like doing release stuff. <laughs> the, we're not pushing yeah, anything. Yeah. Kind of sitting on it for right now. Yeah. So we, I did that. And then coincidentally, the next week, uh, Till Morning went out to El Paso. To record a couple songs oh, at yeah. the best studio like in the fucking world. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a studio called Sonic Ranch, and it's in the like middle of a like like three thousand acre pecan farm. Oh, and the owner owns both. Yeah, so the pecan farm like funds this entire studio. Oh wow, and it's it's the largest residential recording studio in the world. Oh wow, there's twenty eight bedrooms. Yeah, uh, there's five different studios. It's like damn, there, there's staff. <laughs> They're staff yeah. cooks. Yeah. So like eight o'clock in the morning, you get up and you go into the main house. Yeah. It's like this main ranch. It's like U shaped and there's a pool in the middle and it's just oh like. Oh my god. So <laughs> talk, you <laughs> talk about the best situation. Yeah. So like we, I'm, like me and Devin the singer had like everyone's got separate rooms, but we were in these new bungalows attached to the studio that we were in. Yeah. It's like you walk across the property and it's just like, you go up, you get in the morning and you just go up to like this little window in the kitchen and you there's like the nice ladies in there and they're like what do you Take, want you're taking like, your order and yeah it's like these unbelievable like mexican ladies who make some of the best mexican food i've had in my life oh yeah it's like just give me the way it was around chairs extra bacon <laughs> then they make this unbelievable red sauce uh-huh that it's different every batch so oh. some batches you're like oh this is unbelievable yeah and other ones you like just a little dab on your tongue and you're like on fire uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but yeah like and then they they make lunch lunch is served at like two o'clock and then dinner's at like nine so you never have to worry about like who's gonna get what, yeah. argue about right. well, what are we ordering? Yeah. And it's like eating all this precious time <laughs> it's like all when here. you're in the studio. It's all there. It's yeah. Like, hey man, can I get a Coke Zero? There's not like there's none in the fridge that's in the studio. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, no problem. And like one of the assistants just like runs across the property and comes back with like a case and you're like, This is ridiculous. Everything we ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was that was like one of the coolest recording experiences in my life. But yeah, we had we got those. Two, we did two tracks and we did two songs in three days. Yeah. And it's just sonically how it sounds is like uh, some of my favorite. Yeah. Like the, the gear that just the gear alone that they have at that studio to pick from uh-huh. is like mind boggling. Like Pat, the bass player, he was, he was playing this bass. He's like, yeah, I really like this bass. I'm going to use this one. And the owner, Tony, comes in. He's like, yeah, that bass was $18,000. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> now I don't want to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to like, ruin it. <laughs> like, oh, and, you know, Devin's like playing this, like, this Tele, this uh, Tele Esquire. And Tony's like, yeah, yeah. So that guitar is actually from Stevie Ray Vaughan's personal collection. <laughs> it's only one of two guitars that's ever left. So we're like, all right, don't we'll put this down. Fuck, are you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, see that? See this mixing board? This was actually... This actually came from Motown. Oh, wow. And then some Japanese artist bought it, and then he had the same one, yeah. and then he married them. He, you know, contacted Neve, and they came in and married both of them together. Yeah. So now it's this 80 channel vintage wow. all original Neve council. <laughs> and he's like, and then he sold it, and Madonna bought it. Jesus. So this was in Madonna's studio until they closed that studio, and then yeah. I bought it from Madonna, and we're just like, <laughs> What is the history right now? And they're like, yeah. yeah, we got all this stuff from Jerry Finn and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. I just hit stuff, man. Where do I like? Yeah. And you yeah, don't want to be the bull in the, the China shop at that oh, place. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the live room we were recording in and the, 
we were he put us in the big studio. Mm. I mean, this was June, mm. and there was nobody. There was one other person at the studio recording. Yeah, um, and that was Dave Satak, who was a singer of TV on the radio. Okay, and now he's a producer. Yeah, and I mean, he's writing tracks for Jay Z and Beyonce and oh, like nice. all these huge fucking artists. Like, yeah, he and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs do all the records there. Harmar <laughs> Superstar, like just. Ministry lived there for two years. <laughs> just like, just insane shit. But I'm like in this gigantic, like 60 by 35 live room with 17 foot ceilings. And it's just like, I can't even. So you had a great time there. Oh, yeah. Like you never leave the ranch. Like it was just like, it was. I'm like, the whole time you're there, you're like, this is so unreal. <laughs> two songs took three months to do it. Yeah. Like, how do. How do we get back here? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, let's write as many songs as we can and get back here as soon as possible. Right? <laughs> Don't we need to do more recordings? <laughs> yeah. We got to go record it. That's like, that comes up a lot with the morning. Yeah. Like, well, back to the ranch. <laughs> Song's done. Let's get back to the ranch. <laughs> the ranch, the ranch. And, and Sean, who we work with, like, Sean, you know, got his big first record with Take This Your Grave from Fall Out Boy. Okay. He, yeah. I mean, I, he was pretty young early 20s I mean we were only like 20 years old yeah uh, and that was like his first kind of like big thing I mean he yeah. did Spitalfield and Motion City Soundtrack and all that stuff okay so we've been working with him pretty much since I've been in the band he's done four tracks okay and he just he actually just remixed Never Growing Old mm-hmm. to make him sound more cohesive but we were working with him and now he's going back there like every couple of weeks with a different band I'm like Bastard, <laughs> going to the ring, kill you, Sean. But he, I mean, he lives in San Antonio now, so oh, okay. Yeah, for, him, so. for us to go out there, it's like we have to fly into Dallas and then from Dallas hop on a small plane, yeah, and fly out to El Paso. And they're yeah. little, he's just like, I'm just gonna drive, it's like six hours, it's uh, like going to St. Louis, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I hate you, Sean, going to the studio, yeah. <laughs> for your plane, um, do you have like any kind of warm up uh techniques before uh doing? Shows or, or different ones for recordings? or Yeah, I mean, I like to, to loosen up. There's, it usually takes about 30, 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I follow, like, an old rule that, like, my old drum teacher told me was just, like, once your doubles are even, yeah, then it's, then you're, you're warmed up. Uh-huh. Because if, if, like, I've had to do it where, you know, shit happens before a show and you... Yeah. Don't have time to warm up, and then you oh yeah, <laughs> just hit the stage, and it's by the time <laughs> our set's over, I'm like, now I'm just warmed now I'm up. Warm, now I'm warmed up. Yeah, and it's like uh. now it's over. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it usually takes a little. I try to warm up in the morning, mm-hmm. and then so I don't have to just sit. Okay, like I disappear half hour before our set, and then yeah, you know, warm up. So it'll, where's Mickey at? Like right before, mm-hmm. right before we go on, I'll sit for maybe five, ten minutes, and make sure, do some little tricks. Uh huh. Yeah. The the paradiddles, you know, like I, I'll like I have a click on my phone, like okay. a metronome, so I can yeah. just pop my in ears in to my oh, phone, yeah, and then so I can just sit quietly and and tick, warm up. Take away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned uh, not a trainer, a a drum teacher. Drum teacher. Yeah. I had I had a drum teacher. For I think it was like three years mm-hmm. when I was around like ten to twelve years old around that age. Is that then like how how you started uh, through a teacher or? Well, yeah. I mean, I like my kids. My parents would always get me the little kid kits. Yeah, because I would just hit everything. Uh huh. Um, for, I mean, from like 
two years old uh-huh. on like that we was gotta just, get this kid that something. was just fucking <laughs> dusty like my dad was a guitar player okay he wanted to play drums as a kid so when yeah. he saw that at me right away he was like oh yeah fucking <laughs> live through your kid we were kind gonna of harbor this thing <laughs> yeah and then it took i mean i started playing baseball and stuff but it was around nine ten when i got like an actual drum kit mm-hmm. and it took like months of begging yeah just give me a kit and then you know my mom found some like ad in the paper yeah you know, some guy that was just like a mail order distributor and it was just some kit and then i had that for a couple of years and then it, was, it took like six months to be like all right now i need let's do lessons uh-huh <clears throat> and i grew up in roselle so i did lessons at roselle music okay and like shout they, out yeah <laughs> he, he taught me how to like my teacher taught me how to read music Okay. Specifically drum music. Oh, really? I had taken like a year of piano. Uh-huh. So I knew like the basics, but I was like, I don't want to fucking play piano. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, now, we go, like, man, I wish I played piano. <laughs> yeah. Like, that shit slays. <laughs> um, so I knew like the basics of, of music, but that helped understanding like, writing, like playing right. and reading. So I had to read everything. Mm. So my first six months of, of lessons actually were just me and a drum pad. Yeah. <clears throat> with a metronome. Okay. And he would write out the exercise, and I worked a lot out of the book Syncopation. Yeah. Um, which is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, every top drummer in the world still plays out of that book. But, yeah, it, and it took, I didn't take any, I wasn't in band. Okay. Or anything like that in grade yeah. school. Yeah. I did, however, get to join band in high school. Uh, like the Which is weird. Marching you, band? <clears throat> or, yeah. yeah. So you, to get in high school band, yeah. You have to be in junior high band. To be oh. in junior high band, you have to be in grade school band. Oh, okay. But I, I walked in to the to the band room. But I know stuff. Yeah, it was like freshman year <laughs> high school. I walked into the band room. Uh-huh. And like my music teacher, like I took music classes, like the actual music class right. in, in school. Okay. Uh, so my, my eighth grade music teacher was like, next year, just go talk to Mr. Miller. He's the band director. Yeah. So I was like, all right, it was like the first week of freshman year, and I walk into the band room and was like, is Mr. Miller here? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, oh, Mr. Miller. <laughs> My name's Mickey. I want to I, I be in band. And he's like, well, what do you play? And I was like, drums. He goes, you know, Miss Burry top told me about you. Come with me. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And he brings me into the practice room. Like, you know, it's like a little five-by-five, five, little uh-huh. practice room they had. Yeah. And there was like a snare drum, and he just like put a piece of paper, like yeah. piece of music in front of me. He's like, play this. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, and I played it, and he was like, okay. And then he brought me into the next room, and there was like a little marimba, and he was like, put this piece down. He's like, play this, okay? He was like, all right, come with me. And then we walked down to the guidance counselor, and he was like, this guy's in band now. <laughs> I was like, okay. He, he passes. <clears throat> yeah, and I remember like freshmen were not allowed to march, and they put me in the marching band. Oh. As the guy who would, if somebody wasn't there, I had, oh, to, okay. you were... I had to do it. So it would yeah. be like, you know, we're, there's a pep rally, and bass drum number five isn't here. You have yeah. to now carry this 24-inch bass oh, drum. Oh, jeez. And I was only, I'm not a tall person. <laughs> yeah. And I was like 5'3 at the time and like 110 pounds. <laughs> and I'm like carrying this huge drum. And so, yeah. Who's like the little guy <clears throat> with the big-ass drum? I mean, I ended up getting kicked out of band <laughs> junior year because, uh-huh. um, you know, being a little punk-ass kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to do any, <laughs> any I mean, music I, was, I know? I was kind of a fucking asshole in high school. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did the, the teenage punk thing of, like, having a white shirt and uh-huh. uh, just taking Sharpies uh-huh. to it. Yeah. I remember I – well, the first one was my gym shirt. You know, it was like – I mean, now it's like you can't say it. <laughs> Don't stop calling me. Oh. <laughs> um, the, the first one, it's on the back of my shirt. 
like I'm, God, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> I put jocks for people too, gay people, really big in the back of my gym shirt, oh, yeah. which is like a terrible thing to do <laughs> right now. But that that was my way to like piss off all the jocks. Oh yeah, for just being assholes. Uh huh. And now they had like a weightlifting gym you could take yeah so they called it the shelf and you we would do the laps around the shelf okay and on one side was that and i would run with my back <laughs> and like bang on the cage and then it would come out but the one i really got in trouble for was i took a white shirt and put i hate white people <laughs> oh shit. really big on my shirt and it was Who's like this kid thinks he is it was like immediately yeah immediately administrator's like Mickey, get, Mickey in here. get in my office. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was so like so used to like getting calls from the school, like Mickey's wearing this or that. Oh or, no, he's at it again. Your son's wearing a shirt that says "I hate white people." <laughs> I'm like, have you read a history book? Like yeah. we're awful. And he's like, you're, what are you want to get your ass kicked? And I was like, by who? This is fucking Schomburg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of a problem child a little bit. That's when it started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you were into punk music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, I mean, I remember being in sixth grade and having, like, green hair or something. Oh, okay. And, like, my parents were always really cool with, like, be who you are yeah. type of thing. Like, well, Let them do it. Let like, go He's going to find out who he is. Like, they never push religion on me. They're like, yeah. you know, at some point you're going to be curious and you're going to look into it. And, right. Like, Find out who you are. They always hated being... Go your own speed. Yeah, they hated being dragged to church. They hated being yeah. baptized. Like, yeah. this is what you are. So... Okay. I remember, like, uh, it, you know, spiky, big green hair. Mohawk. <laughs> my, I, my mom actually pierced both my ears, like, oh, in she... our living room when I was 12. But I remember... Ice my, cube on the ears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, and I remember the, the principal telling me, like... That I was a loser and oh shit, like, fuck you! I'm a 12 year old kid in oh, sixth wow. grade. <laughs> Way to build me up. Yeah, just... like you know, you know, colors the hair, serial killers. <laughs> Eat me, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, are they wrong? I don't know. But so that's when it all started. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah, finding a Green Day record when I was like 11 or something like that. <laughs> Tower. Oh, yeah. What's this? My dad would bring me to Tower and be like, you know, you get a book, a movie. Uh-huh. A CD or whatever. But he was like, you do it like I did it. You know, back in the, the 70s where you'd go to a record shop and you'd, this looks cool. Flip through them. And, and I'm, <laughs> like, I remember finding like Green Day and that was like, it's like, holy crap. Which which one was it? It was Kerplunk. Oh, yeah. Great And one. I was just like, I just saw the cover for some reason. I was like, this looks cool. Yeah. A little illustration of the girl. And... Yeah. I mean, the, the earliest I remember about punk was, I was probably like five or six. And my dad would have, like, all the CDs, and we had, like, the five-disc changer and, or something like that. And I remember, like, finding, like, the Ramones, like, a Best of Ramones oh, thing, okay. and, like, yeah. I want to be sedated. Yeah. And I remember, like, cranking that as fucking loud as I could on oh, yeah. the component systems, like, <laughs> rumbling the walls. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that, and that, that one rocks. <laughs> and it wasn't until later that I, re- like, when I remembered that, that I was like, oh, that yeah. makes sense uh-huh. to why this, like... Why Green Day made sense to me like five years later. Yeah. Like subconsciously because it's yeah, not yeah. that far off. Yeah. The beat and rhythm. <laughs> so and... that that was like my dad was is like a metal dude. Oh, okay. Like he, I mean, he loves Rush and Van Halen, but I mean, driving around the car with him was like White Zombie and Soundgarden and Pantera. And oh, yeah. They brought me to see Metallica in like <laughs> 1991 or something like that. Uh-huh. Black album thing when they played Summerfest. And, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I've been sure. ar- so I've been around like both both sides yeah, like, of it. <laughs> so metal to me, I, like I always love metal, and it's like I think it's super fun and cool. And then there was like the punk where it was like 
to me, metal is like, that's dad's music. Yeah. And then yeah. punk was like what I found. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. My dad still makes fun of me for loving The Clash. I kind of like it. He's like, oh, come on. The classics, man. Yeah. He's like, Without my... this, I couldn't get in yeah. all the other stuff. Like, you're not my son. I was like, come on, man. Joe Strummer organized Rock Against Racism. We had 20,000 people going, celebrating <laughs> fuck Nazis. You know, like, come on. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like nowadays, are you practicing uh, much with with the bands during the <clears throat> pandemic? Or Blood People hasn't really played all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, till morning, we'll do like once a week yeah. uh, to keep up, and we don't just because we're working on some new songs. I know Jeff and Allie have been working on some new music for Blood People. Um, yeah, I mean, Blood People's kind of always like writing has never been something we do fast, so it's kind of a new approach that we, we talked about kind of at the beginning of the year. Coming into this year, it was like, we need to write music. And instead of like us getting into a room and jamming and then trying to figure out part A. Yeah, what works. And, and then going and like lyrics being, lyrics and melody being the last thing, trying yeah. to like throw the lyrics and melody way to the front, like yeah. I, I at least feel it should be. Yeah, oh, okay. <clears throat> so Ali and Jeff working on that um, with, with Till Morning, Devin and Pat, we'll go have like writing sessions. So they'll like take a weekend. Like I think they just went to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. got an Airbnb and they lock themselves in for like two days and then they'll like hash out some ideas. And when they bring a song to me, it's, it's pretty much flushed out. Like here's a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Like, okay. This is kind of a bridge idea. Yeah. They have the lyrics and melody. So as a drummer coming in, I like to write drum parts to melody. So I know like I, the older I got, the more I was like, no, drums are supposed to push lyrics and, yeah. and melodic structures. And, like, uh-huh. it's supposed to, like, I'm just pushing the lyrics. I'm yeah. giving a beat for the lyrics to, like, <laughs> to flow properly yeah. instead of, like, how many snare rolls and weird shit can I kind of <laughs> yeah. fit in? Yeah. So it's, like, now they're both kind of yeah. coming about. But, we, yeah, till morning, like, Devin and Pat are a little faster with the writing. So we tend to have been continue doing stuff. So... Did you have, uh, like, anything coming up, like, as soon as pandemic hit, it stopped the plans? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like... you have future, or you had shows set up? And, yeah, I mean, we, we had shows. There, there was a couple tours that were going to happen yeah. that just didn't. And it was kind of like, yeah, well, what can you do? Yeah. Those uh, st- still on the back burner then, like... Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of... Oh, yeah. and this comes when we can do anything again. Right. We'll do something. You know, we've... I know we've had some show offers and we're just like, no, yeah, we're not. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a high risk person. Just kind of so, wait, wait it out. Yeah. And, like I'm a high risk person. My daughter's high risk. So it's like, we don't want to push it. Like yeah. I already pushed not my limits it. on what I should do. <laughs> um, it's not worth it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it was kind of like we weren't as like strict about it until we started knowing people like directly. Okay. Like, we always took it seriously, but then it was like, it oh, didn't like fully. It didn't really <laughs> fully hit, you know, until it was like, oh shit, and then it was like, all right, maybe we should <laughs> not do this as much, you know, with like masks constantly and always washing my hands. And but yeah, we don't know what's going on. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, a big concert. As a world, might, yeah, big <laughs> concerts might not be back till 2022 currently, and I like, <laughs> you know, arguing with people. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, at this point shit. it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, well, like it, yeah. like to, seeing people like posting pictures from shows and at bars and bands playing. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like you realize, like if one person gets infected from being here, that shoves everything else back. Like right. because 
you know, you and your fucking buddies want to play some covers at a fucking dive bar <laughs> right. in northwestern Indiana. <laughs> now every fucking major artist and band in like people who rely on this mm-hmm. with you know front of house guys and venues all have to push their shit back and suffer more. Yeah. Like just fucking knock it off. Let it, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. vaccine's like starting. Take a like, year off. <laughs> we're by summer we should be getting more back on track. And like hopefully if people are fucking smart. <laughs> oh boy, that's asking opening, too much. <laughs> I know. We can start opening venues again towards the end of the year and like small venues can start opening and having shows properly and like Right, right. But don't fuck that up. <laughs> Sit on it a little bit. Do you want to see the metro closed forever? Like, no. Oh, like, God. but yeah. So we're 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 taking precautions. We don't want to be responsible for anybody. For sure. Is your setup changed between uh, the two bands, or is it kind of the the same kind of layout and stuff? When uh, I mean, I've, I'm always kind of adjusting like crazy, a fidgety person. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't change really. Snare, yeah, the snare might. Yeah, the one snare drum can change the entire. <laughs> feel of a kit i kind of want to i don't know i'm like with with blood people i got big drums yeah like 24 13 16 just big mm-hmm. um but till morning i mean it still works i like recording with 24 just bass drums just sound beefier and better um i kind of want to get a 22 but i mean there's no need for me to get it right <laughs> now um i mean i had a kit i got a kit from ludwig it's a obnoxious pink sparkle because mm. <laughs> yeah. fucking asshole oh, like i saw it and oh, i was like, i had a, i had the same kit in a different color and then i saw the pink and i was like fucking like yeah i hit up my buddies at ludwig and i was like I'm, I'm, what's this gonna cost me yeah i need this kit <laughs> and then i you know like three weeks later i had a fucking kit and i was just like god this thing is ridiculous <laughs> the first show we played with it we were we were it was on halloween and we were opening for Doyle from the Mets at the Forge in Joliet. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, this is going to be like a whole bunch of like older fucking <laughs> punk metal dudes. Yeah. And I'm showing up with a bright-ass pink sparkle <laughs> drum kit. What in the hell? And I was like, fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the second I put the bass drum up, I just hear, that kit fucking rule. Like, All right, <laughs> yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna they get, get it. Not getting beat up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If so, it was a bunch of old guys. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was there was dudes outside making fun of people for wearing makeup. Look, but, man, look wasn't at, it like a Halloween show? Look though? at what, what kind of queer party is this? Like fucking Halloween. Fuck Halloween. It's, it's literally Halloween <laughs> right now. It You're is right. October thirty first. Yeah, at this and this very dudes moment. from Misfits. Uh, yeah, it's like you were still like go say that to Doyle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's only like six four and ripped as shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Breakouts. but yeah, the, my my setup doesn't change too much. Um, I think now these days, you see even with like pop artists. I mean, I always like big symbols is my like something I've always loved. So I have like twenty inch crashes, and they're just loud and obnoxious. And yeah, <laughs> it works for everything. Like you'll watch Saturday Night Live, and it's you know fucking Pink or whoever, and their mm-hmm. drummers just who cares? It's, yeah. It's it's kind of like that's who I am at this point. Okay. It's like I could adjust it and blah blah blah. It's like it's all it's you now. It's what I recorded with. It sounds fantastic recorded. Yeah. It sounds good live. Nice. That's all that matters. Uh you had mentioned uh you started to learn a little bit of uh piano. Uh do you play any other instruments or um I can want, want it wanna try it out or <laughs> I mean I have some guitars. I hack my way through some stuff. Yeah. It's not like I'm a proficient player. <laughs> But I can I can make my way through through some stuff and enough to get out some ideas if I have them. Just like to noodle. Like I like the way guitars work. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'll buy a guitar that I'm like, oh, I 
just like the way that looks. Uh-huh. Like my the last guitar I bought was a couple months ago. I've been looking for one since I was in show off. Uh, a guitar player, Nate, bought one. He actually bought the last one that was ever off the line at Fernanda. It's called a Native. It's like an offset, but it's more telly. It's not like obnoxious. It's just a really cool. It's like that that 50s retro kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Not like what people remember it being, but like what it actually is. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just a really cool, slick-looking guitar, and I was kind of always like had my eye out for one. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't been made now in 15 years. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of... I, I found one that was like some store bought out another store that had closed and there was all these brand new Fernandez, like brand new in box that had been untouched. And there was one there, it was like 200 bucks and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, it was like one of those guitars I was always looking for and I was like, fuck yeah, I'll spend 200 there bucks. There it is. <laughs> Why not? So yeah, I mean, guitar, I can, yeah. hack, I can hack, but <laughs> drums is, drums is like the love that's, what I, like it's you know it's things like I just gotta go hit it you know yeah. it's like I mean everybody is kind of like that with drums somebody walks in and there's drums in a room everyone's like oh, oh yeah fucking. yeah oh yeah <laughs> there's just something so like barbaric and archaic and just like yeah. nature it's there you just want to hit it I just want to make noise and yeah. punch this fucking thing like, all right Everybody thinks they know how to. <laughs> Everybody's a drummer. Yeah, I right. just I just hit things in order. That's. Would you uh, consider yourself to have like a, a certain style that is kind of that you're kind of known for, or is it just? Uh... I mean, pop punk was my was the thing. Okay. That that was kind of like uh, when my first band got signed. That was in two thousand, the end of two thousand two, early two thousand three. So that was like right at the big kick of like that. Warp tour and <laughs> whatever, whatever phase three or whatever yeah. the yeah. third revival of pop punk okay. was coming. Um, so that like that's that to me was like the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John Feldman said it the best. Like and it made sense to me. I heard this like two months ago about John. What John Feldman said about pop punk, and mm-hmm. he was like, every part of pop punk is a hook. He's mm-hmm. like, with pop music, you know, you have the chorus. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Like rock, you have a riff and a chorus. It goes pop punk, every part of every song is a hook. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm a sucker for like fucking pop music. Yeah. So it made sense to me. Like, oh, pop punk is like literally everything about the song. Like thinking about a song like Yellow Cards, Ocean Avenue. Every part of that fucking song <laughs> is a hook. Like yeah. everything about it is catchy. Like It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, just from like, jun, 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 jun. you're just like, cool, that's a hook. Like right there, that like. I'm in. That three notes is like such a big hook, and then yeah. you have huge melody and background vocals. Uh-huh. Like we saw, like to that song, mm-hmm. we saw him play, like Ryan, uh, play acoustic, and he did that song acoustically. And when he gets to the bridge, there's the really pronounced ah, <laughs> like yeah. as the background vocal. Yeah. The crowd didn't sing the lyrics; they sang the background, background. vocal. And I was like. That yeah. is just that background vocal is a hook. Like what he's already singing is catchy as fuck. And yeah. like the background vocal, Oz, is a hook. I was yeah. like, so that like to me, that was that's like I love the energy mm-hmm. and catchiness yeah. about pop punk. It's just fun. Like yeah. it's just all fun. Yeah. Like you don't have to be ang- like as like one of my favorite bands of all time is Anti Flag. Like oh, I yeah. love fucking Rise Against. Mm-hmm. I love having anger in music mm-hmm. like i love bad religion because he's oh, like yeah. he's angry in a very smart yeah. like <laughs> book nerd way you know where it's like i love propaganda i love mm-hmm. anger in music okay and that's really fun to me but yeah. also watching like when 
like newfound glory would hit the stage yeah. in like 2005 uh-huh. and the whole fucking place would erupt. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> to, to me, it's like, you know, people flying, like you're singing along, you're, it's, you're having fun with your friends. Like that was like, <laughs> this is just cool. Right. Like everyone's happy. Everyone's like, yeah. But then, I mean, I, I love it's like it. a party. <laughs> like I love fucking chanting. <laughs> Vocals throw my fist and, in the air yeah. with like thrice's choruses yeah thrice like image of the invisible like just fucking blah. <laughs> just like yeah i love that shit but mm-hmm. it's yeah I, pop punk is just it's just fun mm-hmm. it's just like high energy fun yeah and it's it, i don't know it's just it's when a party yeah when it's, it's like watching like a really cool cartoon yeah <laughs> that you're just there like you laughing go. the yeah. whole time like yeah. that's like <laughs> yeah it's like saturday morning i mean that's also kind of why i like ska a lot uh, like I got made fun of, like our old man lawyer was like Scott's fucking dead. I was like fuck you. No, I'm not. But, <laughs> like with Scott, like a good ska band. Like when you see that live, you're like holy shit. Yeah. And that that that's always fun. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone in all the all those kind of waves before. They're, yeah, I mean they're like when you save see, Ferris, real big fish. Yeah, like when you <laughs> see a good ska band, you're yeah. like fuck. Yeah, it works. Like you see the Mad Caddies, you're like yeah, those horn like. To be a band is already hard enough, but right. then to throw in fucking horn, horn section, <laughs> where it's like playing a horn is a whole lot. Like you can't like you have to blow properly, have the you know like yeah. holding the right fucking whatever with your fingers, uh-huh. and like those, those <coughs> horn players and Mad Caddies just like their horns are so bright and crisp and just always on point. But you mm. see a bad Scott band, you're like, <laughs> fuck, dude, like <laughs> yeah. you're driving a car with three wheels, like <laughs> fuck. But yeah, it's that's like, the best way to describe that yeah like you, you need all, everything to work together but yeah just just fun mm-hmm. fun music so you're currently in uh two bands right now two. uh how many uh before that ha- have you fuck um <laughs> oh <laughs> dust off the old books yeah there, there's quite a bit um yeah, yeah i mean like august premier was the the like first real band mm-hmm. and started before like junior year of high school okay um, yeah, it was like the summer I got a car, but yeah, um, that's like your first. Okay, yeah. So it, three it was or like, four people doing. It was, two, it was like me and my my friend Danny. Uh, we're we're in a band, and then you know, like just play in a garage. We're gonna play a talent show type. Yeah, things. like uh-huh. we're just yeah. gonna play a talent show. Fuck shit up, like fuck <laughs> you guys type thing. Just to do a cover of a song and not get even, it all. We, we always did our originals. We always oh okay. So that was like. Oh. We would try to do covers, and we're like, yeah. this cover song's already great. Why? Yeah. Because like, you only want to play good songs. Okay. And you're like, why don't we just write our own good song? And oh, so you're that taking was, a step up. <laughs> so, yeah, we just never, covers never felt right. But, mm-hmm. um, and then Danny's brother, uh, Mark, and his friend Chris were in another band. And at some point, we're like, well, Chris has a really cool voice. Mark and Danny are both really good at bass and guitar. Like, mm-hmm. Danny's a phenomenal guitar player. His brother's also a good guitar player, but also a really good bass player. And it was kind of like, Chris was always like, I want to be in a band with Mickey playing drums. Like, I want to yeah. be in a band with him playing guitar. Okay. So it's kind of like, fuck it, let's just see if this works. Yeah. Because me and Danny came from the very much like the Bull Weevils and 88 Fingers of the Year. Oh, okay. Like, the, the fucking bands. Like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which still weirds me out that I'm friends with fucking Daryl and Dan. Look at those guys, but... <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> yeah, like that, that was like the epitome of like music. Yeah. As far as I we were concerned in like junior high and high school that was the Bullyables in 88 were like yeah. that's it yeah uh-huh. you can't get any fucking better than that you know <laughs> and then Chris and Mark like Mark loves the Deftones okay which it, it, I get it I love this one too but like <laughs> that was like 
you know, you had a fucking car with a license plate, white pony. But, <laughs> uh, and Chris was more of like kind of like the screeching weasel esque oh. kind of pop. Yeah. And then there was the bands that we all loved, kind of like the when the Ataris first started, like Blue Skies was yeah. just coming out and stuff yeah. like that. So we kind of were like, what if we could take '88 and the Ataris and kind of <laughs> mass them and, together? And Alkaline Trio like was also one oh, of the okay. bands that like, like God damn it had just come out. Oh know? like yeah. That was like fucking eye-opening yeah. to us. And it was kind of like, I wonder if we can kind of like take these things and <laughs> yeah. push them together. Birth and, them <clears> together. <laughs> and that, But we also never tried to like sound like that. It was kind of like yeah. in the back of our heads, like this okay. is kind of yeah. where we're coming from. And then it just kind of worked. So we were like darker and poppier at the same time. Like we liked having darker songs with not quite dark lyrics. But okay. then poppier songs with the darker lyrics. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I mean it. That that kind of worked. That was the first kickoff. Um, I'm, and after that broke up, there was there was a band off balance that wanted me to to come help them out and work some songs that I did for a couple of weeks. And then I went to New Jersey to showcase with Houston Calls, okay. who ended up signing to Drive Through. I couldn't. I hated Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> I could not too new. Not Jersey. a fan. <laughs> like I like Jersey to visit, but I like I couldn't live there. It's just like yeah. I love those dudes and I still talk to those guys, but it was like something I just yeah was not something yeah. I could do. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of the the place. Yeah, um, and they ended up finding a really awesome drummer who fit them perfectly. Um, then I came home and did some small local kind of more emo style Hey Mercedes type band to then. Uh, talking with Nate, my buddy Nate, who was like, hey, me and Chris are, Chris had the idea of doing show off again. And he was like, you're the first name, you know. Mm-hmm. So we did that for a while. Um, after that, I, I did Counterpunch, you know, back to the <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. million miles a minute. Um, after that, I ended up doing a band called Danger is My Middle Name, <laughs> back to like the even poppier punk than I'd ever played. Oh. I did that for four or five years, um, and then at, like we started going up and we we're doing really well. You know, did some some Warp tour, sold a ton of units oh, on, yeah. on iTunes when it came. Yeah. Like we made a good chunk of money. Nice. We had a, a song in you know like a bigger independent movie that ended up flopping. Uh-huh. So we got, I mean, we got paid well, <laughs> yeah. well for that as a man. <laughs> but then it just kind of got to the point like no labels were biting, and it was okay. like, how far can we push this? And like. Yeah. We're pushing this as hard as we can by ourselves. Uh-huh. We need something to right, like happen. Right. To, yeah. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. So then uh, we kind of were like, well, let's do August premiere for fun again. And then we did an album with Matt Allison, who we always wanted to, to do with. So I left Danger. We did. And that was like, right. I left Danger as my son was being born. So uh-huh. it's kind of like touring is not going to, like something needs to happen. Nothing's like, yeah, it's breaking. So. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go just do this for fun. You know, finally stop fucking around, get a job. You know, type <laughs> thing. Um, and then we did August Mirror. Uh, and then I started working at Guitar Center, and I met Jeff. And then we started Blood People. Uh, and then now to Till Morning. So yeah, I mean, there's probably others in there <laughs> yeah. that I played with, and I've you know played on some other bands' records and uh-huh. kind of stuff like that. But yeah. You got all kinds of all kinds of stories. Yeah, I mean, like working, like you know, working with Mark Plusky in the studio and drum teching records, and mm-hmm. hey, you got to play this and our okay. game <laughs> type stuff. But yeah, <laughs> is there any uh, any drummers you uh, either idolized or wanted you know your your drumming to kind of sound like, or did you always you know 
Just go your own. Oh, fucking Josh Freeze. Yeah. Josh Freeze is the fucking man. <laughs> like to the point where I'm just like, just even his idea of like a signature drumstick. Like that, mm-hmm. to me, like signature drumsticks, like, yeah, I get it. Like everybody, like drums are so personalized mm-hmm. to who is ever playing them. Yeah. Guitars are like, if you're an E standard, this is how you should set up your guitar. Like okay. you can go higher or lower on action. Yeah. And adjust like pickups and some pick. But it's like every little thing on a drum kit, like the heads you're using, how you're tuning each side of the drum head, mm-hmm. uh, the angle it's at, how high you're sitting, like the stand, like every little piece of a drum kit. Yeah. So like, it only makes sense that that would carry over to drumsticks. Yeah. I mean, there's only about nine drumsticks sizes. Okay. Everything else is a variation of those nine. So. Is there like any particular one that you're uh, so, I married mean, so, to or you to have me, like a sponsorship with or something? Or? No, I mean, I, I was with Silver Fox sticks for a while and then I jumped over to Scorpion. I haven't played them in a while. I want to. Okay. Um, I've just been too lazy to fucking talk to anybody. And I, do, I mean, I have no reason. I, I have a friend that uh, he plays in bands. And stuff, and I think he just, uh, I don't know if he got a sponsorship with Scorpions or just started using them or something. I remember I was, I was playing drums for Alistair, and, um, which was one of those, Chris from August Mirror, his older brother is Tim from Alistair. Okay. So they were, they were literally like the older brother band. Mm-hmm. Like, they've always been around. Yeah. So at, at some point, Everybody kind of had come in and out of Alistair mm-hmm. Augsburg. Like Tim's played in August Premiere. Mm-hmm. I, I, me and Chris and and Mark from August Premiere have all played in Alistair. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was going out with Alistair. I did two tours with them one year, both with MXPX. One Zebrahead was also on, which was like oh, a fourteen-year-old yeah. me was like, "Oh wow, fuck is <laughs> happening right now?" MXPX, nice. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the night it was like two days before I left. Um, I, I talked to Scorpion guys, and they were like, yeah, your name keeps coming up. And I was like, cool, yeah, I'm interested. And I, so I went out, and they, they gave me some sticks. And those sticks, like, lasted me, like, mm-hmm. an entire, like, two weeks or whatever on tour. And I was like, that never fucking happened. Yeah. So I played them for a while. But then I was working at shops, and it was just like, I'm out of sticks. I just grab them off the wall, and then. Yeah. So, but now, now like, I'm, I'm talking to them a bit like, like a while ago, but I haven't. There's been no need. We're not playing shows. We're not doing it. So yeah, and I have a bunch of sticks to burn through at home, so I don't need okay. to actually order any. So it's like kind of like, yeah, <laughs> not spending money when I don't necessarily have to. But yeah, I want to. I want to get back to them. But yeah, when you need <clears throat> to for. But yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, I don't know. With 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 drummers, I mean, Josh Freeze is uh, my influence what started this. But yeah, with sticks, I think his idea of a perfect stick size, like ingrained in me, mm-hmm. where it's like. It's a little fatter than a 5A, which is kind of like your standard middle of the ground thickness. Um, I wish his stick was a little bit longer because I like sticks like a quarter inch longer. Okay. Um, but to me, it was like, oh, he's playing, you know, with whatever he's doing, like playing a show with who are like the replacements or Julianne mm-hmm. Hatfield or touring with Weezer or Paramore, Nine Inch Nails, The <laughs> Vandals. Yeah. Fucking, he's, he's been <laughs> Goes Sting's, on and on. And... He's been Sting's drummer. He was the original yeah. and drummer for Chinese democracy for Guns N' Roses. Like, oh, yeah. he fucking does everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, if he can use this stick across the board <laughs> yeah. for everything, uh-huh. why can't I? And <laughs> yeah. it was just like, I love it. It's like, it, it's just like the perfect stick mm-hmm. for how he plays and how I approach drums. So like, I want sticks that are close to that as possible. So out of uh, all your bands, you, I'm sure you've done plenty of shows and stuff. Is there uh, any memorable ones that kind of stick out to you? Um, I mean, there, there are some, 
Uh, some really great ones or ones that had really I great mean, stories. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's, there's. I remember playing uh, town at ICU. So when uh, when August Mir was like first getting going, we we had buddies that went to Illinois State. So they would be like, yeah, we could set up the show or get you the show here. So I remember playing a show once down there and getting really fucking ripped. <laughs> As you know, 19, 20 year old do. Oh, yeah. And doing the thing where I'm going to stand on my drum throne and just fucking <laughs> straight into the kit. Show was over. Um, I remember like right after we signed to Fuel by Ramen, we played there at a house party. And I remember we were like, yeah, it's you know, probably going to be like 30, 40 people at the house yeah. party. Um, there was like 350 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> there were so many fucking Crammed people. into one house. We were playing in the living room that was smaller than this. Yeah. And there was probably about 60 people in this living room. <laughs> And it's an old college town house. Like, the yeah. floor was, like, fucking... And there was, like, people in every room. Like, all yeah. the windows were open behind us. And uh-huh. there were just people out in the yard. Oh, wow. And it was absolutely fucking insane. And I remember that was, like, the first, like... Kind of like, what the... <laughs> yeah. The first, the first time we ever played Fireside yeah. was a huge, huge thing for me. Oh, yeah. Um, to me, that was, at that point, I'm, I'm, I think it was, like, 17. Oh, wow. 16 or 17, and I was just, like... The history there. I remember, like, there was no, like, email. You didn't, like, fucking email uh-huh. people. This was, like, yeah. 1998, 99. Oh, like yeah. That. So it was, like. Yeah. It was, like, I mean, email before dial-up. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, so I, it was kind of, like, I remember. AOL. <laughs> I, remember, I remember finding Brian Peterson's phone number, and I was, like, I worked at the skate shop, and I was, like, I'm going to fucking call him from work. <laughs> and I called him, and I was, like, hey. Like, he's, like, hey. Uh, my name is Mickey. I'm in this band called August Premier. We want to play Fireside. He goes, okay, how about Wednesday? And I was like, yeah, that works. And I'm like, fuck, guys, we're playing Fireside on Wednesday. And it was just like that that thing that was like freaked out. Like, I can't yeah. believe it was that fucking easy. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody would always like point out Brian Peterson. It's just like, it's Brian Peterson. Yeah. And you're just standing there like, in his, his flannel and he's just like, looking all pissed off. And I was like, dude, he's a fucking dick. Blah, blah. And I called him and it was just, yeah. How about Wednesday? Yeah. It was like fucking okay. It was like that's all it took. Uh, I I threw up before that show. Oh yeah. I would that because that to me was like every show was fireside. Like yeah. that was the center, and right, then it was right. like above that was Metro. But that uh-huh. was like that's never gonna fucking. Happen. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I mean, I played Metro more now than any other fucking yeah. in the world. But <laughs> that was such an important like milestone. Fireside. Yeah. That's, fuck. Favorite I, venue. <laughs> favorite my favorite venue is to play as metro yeah absolutely oh yeah i mean and also riot fest playing mm. riot fest was oh okay yeah just the whole thing of being an artist at riot fest is like mind-blowing yeah <laughs> like to be on that like sitting just going backstage into what they call artist world okay where they have two bars set up and there's the buffet of food uh-huh. so you get like a meal ticket and all that shit and like yeah. it was just i'm sitting there oh, experience there's, there's, there's joey cape Oh Holy yeah! Shit. You know, like what the fuck <laughs> oh. is happening right now? You know, yeah. And just sitting back there, like, there's Beck. Look, <laughs> do door. I, do I approach them? Do yeah. I <laughs> just like I mean, I'm like being backstage and just seeing Blondie. Yeah. Like Deborah Harry's like literally walking like oh wow six feet from me like fuck yeah. Like, Holy <laughs> crap! <laughs> I gotta throw up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then like Riot Fest was so weird because when we played two years ago, it was that <laughs> the year with Blink. 
uh-huh. with that Blink was supposed to do, and it oh. got postponed, and they uh. weren't doing second wave, but we were being announced in the second wave. Yeah. So when we found out that we were playing, there were still two months that we couldn't say anything. Oh. And okay. we had to like cancel some shows uh. because of like proximity. Yeah. And it was just like, hey guys, can you play the show? No, why? I can't tell you. Can't. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, we had to cancel a couple shows. Ask me in two months. <laughs> yeah, we had to piss some people off to cancel a couple shows, but it was just like worth it. <laughs> yeah, and it was like we we were concentrating so much on not telling anybody mm-hmm. and like w- waiting to announce, like we're fucking playing Riot Fest. <laughs> right. Then when we got to announce, it was only like two or three weeks before Riot Fest. Uh huh. So we didn't get. Time to like, oh yeah, we're playing Riot Fest, and now yeah. we can prepare. Yeah, like yeah. in your head, uh-huh. it was all our preparation was preparing to tell people we were playing Riot <laughs> Fest. So by the time it was like we got to tell people, it was like, fuck, we got to play now. Yeah, and then it like it didn't. We didn't have like I don't think proper time to like <laughs> let that sink in that we were actually playing Riot Fest, and then it was, but that that that's an unreal. Yeah. If you can ever do that, that is the most unreal experience <laughs> as a band. Nice. <laughs> Do you do much uh, local stuff, or is it uh, out-of-state shows? It used to be mostly out-of-state, and it's for the past like couple of years. Probably, yeah. probably since my kid was born, it's been mainly like in local Midwest yeah. area. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean the last like kind of national anything was with the Dialyser tours, and that included Canada, which was really fun. Oh yeah, how was that? How was that? That was great. I forgot yeah. to tell my bank I was going to Canada, <laughs> and that that was before like you you had like Canada was included in your plan. Okay. So I like couldn't even fucking make a phone call. Oh. <laughs> it was like I, I me and I went to get poutine with Dan from uh, Zebrahead across the street from the venue. Cool. Man. <laughs> Man. Uh oh. Fuck. Forgot to tell my bank. And Dan's like. You Oh, you guys shit. take oh I mean I had cash I was like you guys take American money like absolutely we do I was like, <laughs> yeah because like, you'll lose 11% right away oh yeah I was like alright poutine yeah, was worth we, it though yeah <laughs> um, recording how, how, do, how do you like uh, doing that is there a I, recording is like I love recording um, I love doing solid takes um, I don't like choppy okay I've done both um, but the one thing I've done since like the first like real recording August Moore ever did has it was all solid takes. No like no cut ins, no nothing like that. It would literally be me doing one take all the way through. Yeah. If they need to chop it up afterwards and take like so there's like the vocal approach where you sing the line five times and then they kinda crop okay, and yeah. make it uh-huh. make it nice. Yeah. I kind of like that with drums. Um, but if I can nail it Solid all the way through. Uh-huh. That's what I'll do. Like I, I one take. <laughs> yeah, I love I love doing solid takes. When we did the August Mere record with Matt Allison, he was like, "We're doing this live," so it was all of us playing together. Oh, in okay. A room. Yeah. He's like, "No click for you. Like yeah. you're just going at it." Oh shit. And he was like, "No pressure." Like that's. I mean, drummers like I've since I started playing drums, like you know, drummers click is beat into you. Like yeah. <laughs> and it was just like now we're taking that away from you. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never been a slave to the click or anything, but it was like the, the not having that there is like yeah. to me that's always just like a reference. It's like it's a safety. A, it's, to me, it's like the lines in the road. Mm-hmm. Like you're not paying attention to them, but <laughs> yeah. you know you're there. And you, they're in the peripheral, so right. you know you're going straight. Right. That's how I always like think of like uh, the, the metronome with, when playing songs. Yeah, and it was just like pulled out underneath. Yeah. Here now we. <laughs> We fucking Kramer this highway. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Now you get these wide luxury lanes. We covered the lines. <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, we're, to stay on the road. I love. I absolutely love recording, and more and more lately, like I always approach. I always say ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Have I want my parts ninety percent there because little things are going to change as I'm in the studio and you hear things a lot more clearly. Yeah. And properly. Okay. Um, I like I like when I do drums to have scratch of guitars and vocals. Yeah. So that I I know exactly what needs to lay kind of where, and uh, <laughs> yeah, at the ranch I did. A bunch of takes of the first song because we kept pulling things out. Okay. Uh, and then once we figured out what it was, and it was like, okay, here's this take. Yeah. And then the second song we did, I was like, went in and just that was one take, mm-hmm. just done. <laughs> and like I kind of liked doing that. Yeah. Where it was like the joke was like, we can do one or two takes. And yeah. Then he's done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, you guys. Yeah. How does it feel? Great. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't through. Yeah. I don't notice anything I want to do differently. Like, cool. It's done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recording's definitely the. The fun part. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to go play a lot. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, lo- I love recording. Yeah. Because it's such like, when you're writing a song together, it's mm. like you're kind of focusing on you. You're listening, but when you're doing a recording, you focus on you. Right. Then you focus on the next part. And you okay. focus on the next part. And yeah. you're like seeing how everything's how it playing comes together. together. And sonically, the, the tones. And it's like, and then when it's done, you're like, fuck. Yeah, like that's because you everybody's got. Oh, that's what. Like every member of a band has a different idea of how the song sounds. Yeah, and then hearing that all come together Mm -hmm. and just sound amazing is like. Yeah, it's insanely rewarding. Three or four parts all put together, and you're just like, "Fuck! All right, cool. Yeah, maybe we're a better band than we thought we were. Just the recording. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, do you have uh, plans to to get back to to do any uh, recording or? I mean, nothing set in stone, but. That idea is kind of always there. I know Blood People wants to do a full length. Um, and I know Till Morning wants to do a couple more songs. It's just a matter of like when. And when. I think we have like one or two that are ready to record, but I'm, I'm not sure if we just want to do two more again or go do... Back to the studio. Yeah. Back, yeah. So just when and where El we're going to do... Yeah. <laughs> fuck, I love it. I love it. I, like, I keep thinking, there's a, steak, there's a steakhouse... <laughs> in El Paso called Cattleman Ranch or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's massive. It's like a full compound. Like, okay. It's it's in the middle of like the desert. You have to drive like 20 minutes through like mm-hmm. just desert to get there. Worth it. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole like backstory. They do like a, on a normal non-pandemic, I think they're doing like 2,500 to 3,500 stakes a day. Like it's <laughs> oh, a wow. massively wow. huge uh-huh. undertaking. Yeah. And the last day of recording, we went and had like a steak dinner and like, we brought the owner and the engineers and like mm-hmm. we, we as a band like paid for it and it was like one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life and I just uh, want to go back. Like, <laughs> like, oh, no. It was like it was you miss so recording. Good. Well, I really missed that steak. <laughs> it was totally worth like <clears throat> you know like the the hundred and twenty dollars each of us had to pay for for everybody, but it was like oh so good, <laughs> worth it, <laughs> absolutely worth it. When you have like a good meal, you're like that sticks with you more no. than anything. You're like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, How was your trip? Well, I had the best steak. Yeah. Listen, I'm from Chicago. It's tough. Oh, yeah. It's it is like impossible to be a skinny person in Chicago. Oh yeah. With our food is so fucking big and so fatty, it's so good. My doctor, pizza and pasta. My, yeah, my doctor fucking hates me. Like, I'm, I'm diabetic, so it's like my I love eating wings. I love yeah. I love gyros. Like, oh yeah. Hot, like I struggled to not go to White Castle like, oh, coming yeah. here. Like, and it's just like everything that's like terrible for you. Is, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like my doctor's like I'm right do, there. What do you love to eat? Like this. She's like no you don't. <laughs> oh. 
I do though. Here, here's some carrots. Like, fuck that's not. <laughs> Here, chew on these. And it's not bad. Like I'm not a sweet tooth person. No, I'm like yeah. I'm a savory person. Like I okay. want fucking. I will just eat gyro meat. Like yeah. One of my dreams was to have a gyro spit. Like on my counter, <laughs> oh, like, just, like cut up, like grease and salt. And... That's the stuff I think about. Like. Yeah. If I won the lottery, it's like, what are you getting? A fucking Euro spit. Like, I'm not, not uh, like a Muslim, A what? Not like a Bugatti or something crazy. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to fucking Euro spit and a deep fryer in my counter. Like, that's like, yeah. that's life goals. That's the kitchen. How have you made it? Yes. Yeah. I have Wendy's in my basement. That's how oh, I made shit. it. <laughs> the Baconator. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, there's been uh, some bands that uh, have been doing the, the virtual shows online and stuff. Uh, what do you what do you think of that idea? I fucking I love that. Like yeah. I think anything that can they they make go you... full on too with these uh, oh, virtual yeah, shows. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I loved it in the beginning when you can see like a singer from a band and they're like rost form. Yeah, like there's to me there's something super personal about that, and like uh-huh. to me the the hardest struggle bands I think have existing is connecting with people. Okay. Yeah. And there, I don't think there's a better way to actually connect with people. Yeah. Uh, especially because you can ask questions and answer in real time. They yeah. s- like, you yeah, know, live. If, 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 to, like, I, I mean, I always idolize musicians as yeah. a musician. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, and I've met a, a fuck ton of the people that I idolize. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they're like, at the end of the day, they're still fucking idiots. I mean, I've yeah. had people <laughs> idolize me and like, I, the first time I had somebody be like, man, Mickey! I, I fucked, dude. Like, I saw you play when I was, like, 14 years old, and it, like, mm-hmm. really inspired me. Like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, if you knew who I was, like, you would not, like... So it's, like, like... Thanks for the compliment? Yeah, like, <laughs> thanks? I don't know, like... Yeah. Like, I always tell people it's kind of like working at Home Depot. Yeah. Where it's, like, I'm not going to fucking tell the guy in the plumbing session, like, man, that's fucking awesome what you do. Like, that's just what he does. Like, yeah. That's what he does. That's, like That's my job. <laughs> yeah, like, that's... Uh, it's got to be cool to be a musician. Like, no, it sucks. <laughs> People tell you you're fucking horrible all the time. You get made fun of. Like, it's not like you're... You got to please everybody. Everything you do is judged. Yeah. You get rejected. Con- like, yeah. but yeah, it's like, like what I feel with the, the pandemic, it brought like a realness and more of a connection mm-hmm. to people. Like, like watching Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World play those songs. Like, Jimmy Eat World has always been in like the top five fans for me. Always. That band is just... The way they write songs is so simply, uh-huh. but very complex at the same time. Like uh-huh. they, just how they do songs. It's like every song they do can go, I could have wrote that, and then you go, but they did, but. and that's why they're Jimmy World. <laughs> yeah, but like watching him like talk about the song, like this is what I was kind of thinking about, in like my like you you feel connected. Like that's why Unplugged was such a huge show. Yeah, on MTV, and like that was such a huge thing because you're like these bands just. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there playing the songs. Like, yeah. as a real person, they're not yeah. on like a they're massive not performing stage. It's it, not, yeah. They're not putting on a big show. Like, yeah, right. Like, that's why I call it a show. Like, you're yeah. putting on a show. You're there to fucking entertain people. <laughs> yeah. But it's just somebody sitting in their fucking house playing one of the songs they wrote. Yeah. To you, it's like you feel so much more connected to that. And I think that's something that a lot of people need. Yeah. Like DJs live stream their shit all the time but it's like because they just connect a usb cable to a fucking <laughs> computer and now yeah. they have the full sound but like seeing and i'm not like ragging on djs because that 
when they're like Steve Aoki, that guy's yeah. fucking unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I could never do that. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> watching just somebody play a well-written song in it with one guitar and a voice. Purest form. <laughs> it is fucking unbelievable to yeah. watch. And you're just like, to, to see that pure talent, like just sitting at your house is like ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's, that's like forced a lot of musicians, I think a lot of singers, front people who don't ne- normally do that, mm-hmm. force them to like do that, to come out of the shells a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you got to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's <laughs> Let scary. them in a little more. <laughs> it's terrifying like writing a song and putting your heart into it and like something that's really personal to you and then giving it to people and then fucking judging it. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. an easy thing to do, but I think it's, it's really awesome. I think people get to understand and know bands on yeah. a different level than just yeah, that's why people love to see like the behind the scenes uh, yeah. shots of you know. You want to know what it's like on what, tour? What it's you do besides smell. besides the music? It and... smells. We're fucking tired. Like <laughs> yeah. I read three books this week. You know, like <laughs> yeah. what do you what do you mean? Like that's what I do on tour. I'm a person. <laughs> I read. That's I read stupid books. I'm a musician, yeah, it's, but it's, I'm a person. There's no drugs. There's no sex. It's not like <laughs> it's not a party all the time. It's not, no, you're like, I was like what's touring like. Have you ever taken a road trip with your family and stared out the window for five hours? <laughs> yeah. Now do that, but with your friends in a smelly van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody didn't throw out the taco from three days ago. Oh, that they had. Like, you know, it's just... What's that smell? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think the pandemic really kind of forced music to be more personal. Yeah. I dig it. I think it should continue on no matter what. I was hoping to hear uh, more uh, anti-political stuff, even with this last... This last uh, election and stuff. Uh, I was like, come on. No effects, bad religion. Let me hear it. (laughs) Yeah. To me, it was like, you know, fucking Raging Against the Machine goes away and then comes back. Yeah. And then doesn't do anything. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, there's one band we've needed through Uh, all of the shit. uh, It was like Zach's voice. Yeah, for sure. But. I don't know. Being political now is just like <laughs> N- nothing pleased. <laughs> like yeah. I was hoping for it, and no, I, yeah, I just kind of feel left down. <laughs> I think I think now it's just kind of like. I mean, they had more like anti stuff when uh, the last Bush was president, yeah. and <laughs> I, I, I just think now, like back with like with Bush, you could be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like you could present case and been like, okay, so this what he's doing right now is fucking evil as fuck. Yeah. Oh, he did this good thing. Yeah, that's great. I agree. Yeah. But we're not, we're talking about this fucking thing that's, yeah, where it's just like so much of what has happened after like Obama got elected and uh-huh. just like how that insanely polarized. There's not like the line was so distinctly drawn. It's like, yeah, you are this side or you're this side. There's yeah. not really a lot of middle ground. Right. Like, like this election cycle, everyone's talking about like undecided voters. There is not fucking undecided voters. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not a single person that's like, I think Trump's okay. Yeah. Like, no, no. And if they are saying that, it's because they don't want to, like, really get into it. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's, I don't know, I think, like, the, the true colors of kind of America always kind of came out. Being a punk kid, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm very left-leaning. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, around the world, it's called center. Yeah. <laughs> um, where it's just human decency and pointing out the fault of, doesn't matter what side you're on. Right. Like, you're a fucking asshole, you're an asshole, this is the wrong thing to, right, to right. do. Where it's kind of like, this is the shit we've been preaching yeah. <laughs> yeah. for a long fucking time. And like, yeah. that's why we were so politically angry is uh-huh. because of this stuff. Yeah. And now it's like, 
all out. There. And it's like, no, and it's all out, and you know, and it's, they talk about it in the media, and yeah. still nothing's done. Yeah. And that's the problem. Right. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's enough. I, I was, I mean, Anaflag did put out 2020 Vision, which is a fucking yeah. fantastic record. Yeah. And I think that was, that was a, that, to me, that's like my favorite record this year. It was just, they fucking did it right, and they're, I mean, they always do it right. Yeah. Uh, well, one last question, um, and then I'll let you <laughs> get back to home, home life. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> uh, do you have like any tips or suggestions uh, for kids starting off learning drums or, or wanting to form their first band? Or Yeah, I mean, just fucking do it. Like, yeah. there is, I mean, the, the only thing stopping you from doing anything is yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, don't get in your own head. Just do it. Like, there's... To be able to go back 20 years to even like, we, I, we always talk about this is like, one of the things I always noticed is like the greatest, some of the most unbelievable music has come from like 20 year old people. Um, th- like think of like fucking Van Halen's Eruption. Yeah. Think of like Led Zeppelin too. Like they're yeah. not these 30 something year old people. Right. Like Bono was like 32 when he died. I'm past that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like all these things happen because like when you have the time and ability um, before you're fucking beaten down and all the <laughs> creativity is taken out of you and you become like a fucking worker. Drum. <laughs> yeah. um, like playing drums, like every day I would run home and play drums for like four hours a day. Yeah. If it wasn't playing drums, it was doing something like reading drums, listening to music and like just sit there and like absorb what's going on musically so I can try and figure out how to do that you know it's like i didn't have youtube you're all into it it's like just play like don't stifle that creativity and keep going forward and like that point is when when you don't ever have to stop that that you let that creative just go like that's why bands end up like green day they never fucking i mean they probably had like part-time temporary jobs and shit but it was like they were always in that creative mindset of a teenager yeah and a kid where it's like musicians are kids and they're yeah immature assholes and it's like because you have to be to have that mentality and, and way to go about things and when if you never have to stop doing that like that continue going i'm almost i'm gonna be 40 in a couple of years and i still fucking play video games i still collect horror movie toys yeah i like right I, there with you i like this just all the stupid shit i loved as like a teenager and yeah. it's like i can't ever <laughs> we're grown kids yeah like i mean yeah it's like just just don't stop like yeah. just do it like, I don't want to grow up. Yeah, ever. <laughs> I just passed a... I saw a band in Toys R Us. Oddly, yeah. when we were traveling through Canada, Canada still has Toys R Us. Side note. But, um, yeah, like, that. just don't stop. Like, just do it. You're always going to have to find people who love doing it, too. I mean, that's all you have to do. All right. Find people who enjoy doing it how you enjoy doing it. Right. Like, that shared love is, like, the strongest fucking bond you'll ever have with people. Just do it. <laughs> fucking Nike had it right, dude. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah all right well that's gonna be it for this episode uh thank you uh for coming in yeah thank you for having me yep and uh we're gonna hear some music from you and crank them jams yeah all right all right so that was episode 14 with mickey malinare uh big thanks and shout out to him for coming in and we're gonna listen to one of his tracks from his older band called show off And the track is called Goodbye, so check it out.
Telling me what to do in a camping show my life without you. 